This segment of Entrepreneurship Habits is brought to you by Maylee Designs. Maylee Designs is a Better Business Bureau accredited company with over 17 years of business under its belt and 30 years of experience. With five-star reviews, professional service, great customer service, and top-notch designs, you can get all your branding needs done for your small business. Go to MaylieDesigns.com. That's www.M-A-E-L-E-A-Designs.com for your free consultation. Welcome to Entrepreneurship Happens, where we discuss everything from the good, the bad, to the ugly in this journey called entrepreneurship. On today's show, we're going to be talking to Shakima Boyer. She's going to be talking about public relations and knowing how to pivot in the down times of the economy. And we're also going to talk about how she implemented systems to help her business run smoother. So if you're ready, sit back and let's get into it. Everybody ready? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining today. Do me a favor and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is Shakima Boyer. I'm also known as Kima. I am a publicist, brand strategist, and also a podcaster. My PR agency is Maddie Clay Branding and Public Relations. I also have a second agency, Redhead Creative Media Group, and my podcast is Business Over Brunch, where I um, speak with individuals in the beauty and health and wellness industry in regards to the different facets of what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, yes, she's a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> and another one of my connections that I've known for a long time, but we believe it or not, we have not actually met up yet, but we've been right. <laughs> And I'm about to become a client of hers. So (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming aboard. So let me ask you, why did you become an entrepreneur? So, you know, it was, I don't want to say fate or divine intervention or anything like that. I never really had the thought of opening my own agency But about 10 years ago, um, so I went to school for communications. I initially wanted to be a reporter, um, moved to this this area and couldn't break in, so no problem. About 10 years ago, um, my pastor asked me to do some PR work for him, not realizing that I actually had formal training in that area through school. So it kind of turned into like a little unofficial stint of me um, doing some PR work for him, um, for our church, our community, and also him um, as an artist. And then in 2012, I was like, you know, I can do this. So I started my agency. um, And back then it was the Queen's English PR. And we just rebranded in 2017. So it's been five years since we've been under the name of Maddie Clay Branding Public Relations. So it was more of, you have the skill set, you have the connections, you you make things happen behind the scenes, which is where I kind of feel my passion, um, which was a definite difference from going to want to be a reporter to a publicist behind cameras behind the camera and so that's just how um it came to be and it's been you know ups and downs ever since then but would I change the experience for it absolutely not 
So I've always wanted to ask you, what, um, where did you get Maddie from? So Maddie Clay is my grandparents. Um, so Maddie was my grandmother's name and um, Clay was my grandfather's middle name. And so I presented them um, with the name change in April of 2017. And um, in November, my grandmother passed away. Oh, wow. And then in December of 2019, my grandfather passed away. So I was just so fortunate wow. to be able to show them the legacy that I was working towards before, you know, God called them home. That's oh. good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, my my design business is named after my grandmother, and she just, you know, she was so proud of that. So yeah, I definitely understand that. Go ahead, Pastor Shapur. No, so um, we see that you made like you know you jumped into the entrepreneurial business and everything, and trying to do different things. So like, what made you like really comfortable once you got this assignment from your pastor that you can make it full time? You know, um, that for me, it kind of connected a couple of different loves and experiences. Um, my grandfather was also a pastor, so community service wasn't something that, that, that was something that's always been a part of us because of the things that we did in the community. And when I was in college, I was also a part of our Black Student Union, which was a big part of the community. So it was really more so doing things for the community as well as now being able to let people know what we're doing. So I've always been able to write. That's always been something that's been a part of me. So writing the press releases and different things like that, those kind of come second nature. Um, and then it was more so building, being able to build the context because PR is all about relationship building, having contacts with the media, different things like that. So if you can't build relationships or, you know, foster um, collaborations or have a media list you can't really be a post so those things true, true. let me know that after so many years away from you know college to being that I still the ability to make those things happen so it was kind of like a second nature it's probably something I should have been focusing on anyway instead of mm -hmm. the journalism thing but it's okay you know life gives <laughs> us lessons and we just move on from there <laughs> right right so it just clicked for you basically yeah <laughs> I understand that so why do you love being an entrepreneur? Um, for me, it's not necessarily about the flexibility because you all know um, being an entrepreneur, you do have to be available whenever, wherever, just depending upon the industry you're in. For me, it's more so building something for my son. Now, will he be a publicist? Probably not. <laughs> um, and I'm not. that's not something I'm going to force onto him. But I do um, want him to be able to see that you can do whatever you want to do. It's not just about, you know, going to school, um, having a nine to five job, which I've balanced for most of my career, um, my job, as well as my businesses. And it's also about, you know, just being able to help people. So one of my biggest things um, with my agency is that I've always tried to meet people where they are in their business and, you know, kind of move them forward from there. That is that something I'm going to always be able to do? No, because, um, you know, just like any other service-based business, you do have to look out for yourself when it comes to retainers and different things like that. But for me, it is about other people, you know, get to where they want to be, get that awareness they want to have, get those means to help as many people as I can. Okay. I noticed that you're very family-oriented. Like, so how, how, what kind of impact or how does your family play a, a, a part or role in, in your entrepreneurial life? That's a good question. Um, my son will actually be 11 this year. So he's kind of always known me 
as an entrepreneur. I started the business like right after he turned one. So he's not really known me for anything else. And so what I try to do is balance my calendar, especially when I have multiple clients at one time. I always try to make sure that I have at least one weekend out of a month set aside for family, if not more than that. I try not to take on too much more than I can because I am, you know, still a mother. I am still a wife. I am still, you know, a daughter and I need to make sure, sorry about that. I need to make sure that I can, you know, have time to balance those things. Um, when I am doing certain things, if my son can help, he does volunteer. Like he's been five helping me stuff get bags. So, but he did it, you know, on his own. Um, my family, they are, of course, proud of me. Um, other things that I'm doing, I'm able to share with them and then also help them as well when I can um, in their business ventures because I do have some family members who are, you know, branching off and just wanting to be able to help them as well. That's awesome. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then when you first started your entrepreneurial journey? How much time do we have? <laughs> One thing, of course, is business structure. Um, you know, sometimes we just jump into things and don't think about how it's going to impact, you know, the finances, the taxes and different things like that. So I wish I had taken the time to know that more up front and that would have kind of saved some heartaches, you know, around this time. Um, the other thing that I would say from a PR standpoint is more um, systems and automations because that is very big for our industry. Um, I'm still kind of, you know, um, manually doing things, um, but I'm trying to get better with that, relying on systems, especially like project management and CRM tools. So those two things I think are really big. Business setup and being able to automate as much as you can in business so that it doesn't become overwhelming and you're able to take on other things without it being too much. That's true. And I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a big thing, a big thing. It helps propel when you automate and you add additional systems in it. It just like, you know, uh, like you said, not only frees you up, but it takes off some stress and pressure. Right. And um, we were talking with another entrepreneur and it just, it also sometimes in entrepreneurship, it takes the love out of it. You know what I'm saying? The love, especially if you're doing something that you love, doing those you know admin those admin jobs and whatnot it'll take the love it'll suck the love right out of it so definitely the systems in place is, is important as well absolutely <laughs> yeah so like a major part of our podcast is being able to i guess illustrate the different things that transpire like good and bad like what's one of the worst things that ever happened to you being an entrepreneur and what did you do to bounce back and because you know and, and still focus on what you had to do oh my gosh um the worst thing I don't, I don't know if it's the worst thing but it's probably one of those things that made that forced me to sit down and be like okay now you have to have a plan a a plan b and a plan c so you know with service-based um it's always about the other person, whether or not they can afford the service or if they've budgeted it correctly or if they've even, you know, done the research to prepare themselves for what they have to do. So there have been, um, you know, a period of time where I had a few projects lined up and so I was like, okay, life is great. You know, we're going to move forward. These next three to six months is going to be gravy. And then one by one, everybody was just like, 
like, um, yeah, this is not the direction I want to go in, or I don't have a budget, or um, something happened, which, you know, is a domino effect, and I have to put this on hold. And so I went from, you know, having like everything lined up, bank account looking great, to, okay, there's a standstill. And so it can be kind of deflating at times, because you're like, dang, what did I do? And you have to realize that it isn't always about you, but it is going to be about how you like you said, catapult and move forward. So I've always been one of those people to like outline different things that I want to do. So that made, that forced me to just take it from an outline to an action plan. Like, okay, you said you were going to do digital products or webinars. Now you have to, you know, begin doing that. Um, I had been playing with this journal for like two years. And so I finally launched that at the beginning of the end of last year, the beginning of this year. Um, I've taken out more time to it become more educated, get like some different certifications to, um, you know, back up, you know, the skill set and yeah. different things. So that probably made me, that probably forced me to be more well-rounded of an All entrepreneur right. and a business person um, so that I can be prepared um, for what's next. Now, one thing I will say is that I've never, I haven't um, caught on to having a wait list for PR clients, because my thing is, if you want PR, that means you want some action to go ahead and start. So that's one thing I'm mm -hmm. definitely gonna have to work on um, is continuing to build my pipeline. Haven't quite gotten there yet, but um, in regards to just being a more innovative and strategic thinker, I think that's helped me a lot in that area. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, what's so far, what's the best thing that's happened to you? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I know we throwing them at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I've had some really good placements that I can be proud of. Um, a couple of years ago, I worked with um, a Caribbean carnival that's local to where we are in Charlotte. And I got some international press um, for that. That's always been, you know, a good accomplishment. Um, I've had a client place with American Express um, Business Media. That was huge for us as a nonprofit. Um, I think also what was also key for me was launching my second agency, Redhead Creative Media Group, in May of last year, because that gives me a specific focus to be able to help more people um, in the beauty and health wellness industry, but more specifically, pe persons of color, um, help them with brand awareness. So I think that's a big accomplishment for me, um, being able to do that. And then I'm looking forward to being able to do a lot more um, because I've been focusing more on one agency than the other. I, I want to make sure that I put you know, enough emphasis on that so that people, um, Black women, Black men, um, in those areas where they kind of tend to struggle with like the branding and different, right. I want to be able to help as many people as I can in that area. So I think that was a big accomplishment for me as well. Awesome. And you were on, weren't you on a magazine? I could sworn you were on a magazine. I know you've been in a magazine. Yeah, um, I've been in a couple of magazines. I'm also, um, so last year, um, one of my goals was to be a contributor to, you know, a couple of different magazines, but through one of my clients, a nonprofit organization, I'm actually the editor of a magazine that we're getting ready to launch um, in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, a couple of different magazine placements, but haven't officially been a part of one until now. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'll be watching, I'll be watching, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like what's the wild, what's one of like one of the wildest things that has happened to you that you just been like, wow, like in, in your entrepreneurial journey, like what's what's one of the craziest things that you ever experienced? Like has anybody so, done anything crazy to you? 
Right. Um, anything can happen with that. Um, but there's just this one consultation that always stands out when um, people ask me that question. Um, so in PR, you know, it's all about your industry. So I work in the beauty industry, lifestyle, um, nonprofit or cause based, some events. So I had a young lady who had a hair care line and she kept trying to convince me that it should be a part of the fashion industry. And so I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> hair, skin, makeup, you know, that's beauty. Just because you want to be able to style models for a fashion show does not put that product in the fashion industry. And someone had convinced her otherwise. Someone had convinced her she was right. So to me, I guess I was a two-headed dragon in her um, in her situation. So we just couldn't, I couldn't get her to understand and she couldn't get me to come to where she was. So of course that was decided that she would not be a good fit um, for me. So I think, you know, in the PR industry, you definitely have to know where you're supposed to be, where you're placed. Like it's clear as day that hair care products is not a part of the fashion industry. <laughs> um, so, right. yeah, so I think that that's one thing. It's just for people to know what industry they fall in. That's always been like a clear, vivid memory that I've had when it comes to interacting with potential clients. That's, that is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm the expert here. <laughs> but the problem that? was, the problem was she had had a consultation with someone else and that person mm -hmm. had convinced her that she was also in the fashion industry. So since someone had already convinced her, I couldn't convince her otherwise. So I was just like, okay, I guess you've decided that I'm wrong. So, hey, I'll I'll take my hand out the pot and <laughs> you go okay. do what you do. So, Look, yeah. she, needed to go, she needed to go back to that person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that is crazy. That is crazy. So, what's one piece of advice that you would want to give to other entrepreneurs? Um... I would say, and I think this is probably a, a tip that everyone says, is make sure you have your financials in order. Um, of course, with, with most entrepreneurs, you're always going to start with what they call, I guess, bootstrapping, is, which is using your own money to finance where you are. But once you get to where you can separate that, go ahead and separate it. So that way you can see what's coming into the business and what's going out for personal. And then you can also, it'll also help better help you better budget, excuse me, for the types of tools and resources that you're going to need to be successful in your business. So like in the PR industry, we use different um, CRMs and project management tools. We also have costs for media lists and, you know, media monitoring and, you know, uh, press release um, through the wire. It's so many different, you know, costs and expenses. So I would say, you know, as from an entrepreneur, know what you have to pay for and be ready to um, expense for that. And so you have to be able to account for those things. So I think that was big for me as well. Um, I think the other thing is getting a mentor, um, either in your industry or outside of your industry, but someone who has a, a clear grasp on business, as well as someone who's not going to be a yes person. You don't need yes people you know, in your circle. You need someone who's gonna give you that clear cut feedback, that criticism. Um, one of my mentors, she's been with me probably since a year after I started my business, I found her and she's always been that person. No, that doesn't work, but here's what you can do. Like she's straight, no chaser, but then she's going to come back and give you some options to consider. And I think those people, those would be the people that you would need to be, you know, a part of your circle to help you be successful. 
Okay. Okay. Now, I was just going to ask you, how do you feel about some people say your mentor should be specifically in your field, but others say as long as they have business knowledge, it doesn't necessarily have to be in your field. So which one do you lean more towards? Um, I think both are right. Um, my mentor is in my field um, and she's been in my field for over 30 years. Um, I also have, and I have her from one area and then I have someone else who's in my field who I see as a mentor for that, the systems and automations. I can go to her for like help with different things and she'll, you know, walk me through that. Um, I haven't necessarily had a mentor outside of the industry, but there are a couple of people that I look to um, if I need advice on business or, you know, we always have that social media mentor that we just look at and try to, so I have a couple of people like that who are about business and social media that I go and look to. So I don't think it has to be someone in your field, but I think it's someone who has definitely, who is tried and true. It's not just someone who's giving you information because it sounds good. It's someone who's actually been yeah. through it. They know what they're talking about. They're speaking from experience and they can give you the ins and outs of what you're looking to experience. Okay. okay. So yeah, so you, you previously mentioned that you were part of a Black Student Union. Was that at HBCU? No, I actually went to a PWI. I'm a graduate of the College of Charleston in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, so with that being said, how did that experience kind of help develop and mold you into being an entrepreneur? further down the line? Um, so with that, I was actually one of the officers um, for like two years of being a part of that. So it definitely did help. And in the long run, it also helped, you know, from the PR side, because we were community-based, we would go out and do stuff, not just on campus, but, you know, in the local community surrounding the school. Because if you're familiar with the College of Charleston, it's like right in the, in the heart of downtown. So you could walk a couple of blocks and be in the hood. So we would do things, you know, with the young children, um, go to some of the schools and help tutor. Um, we've done community cleanups. And a part of that was about um, outreach into different businesses to help sponsor different things or get donations, um, the media placement. So it all kind of fed into um, where I am now. Um, I also did an internship with a company in Charleston and um, one of the campaigns that I worked on, which has always been near and dear to my heart, is a, is a nonprofit that was called Christmas in July. I don't think the organization is still um, active, but it was where they went and did home renovations for like some of the elderly in the underserved or rural communities of the Lowcountry. So that was really beneficial because again, it connected me with the community service part of it, the media outreach, um, the donations and different things like that. So it gave me like a small stepping stone into where I am right now. Okay. Wow, awesome. Now, with you having more than one business, how are you able to juggle that? Would you And would you advise that to other entrepreneurs? Um, I think that once you have your footing in one area, you can expand out. Don't try to do it all at one time. Um, so I've had my PR agency, it'll be 10 years in September. Um, so that's been with me. I have, um, when I have multiple clients, what I do, um, I've always been pretty good with time management. So um, when I have multiple clients or multiple projects, I am mentally assigned them different days of my calendar. So if I have calls, let's say, Tamara, you come on, your call might be every Wednesday or every other Thursday. So I make sure that 
I'm, you know, always focused on one client on one particular day. So time management is definitely going to be key. Um, the podcast I had a few years ago, and then I bought it back um, last year. And so with the help of one of my old college friends, she was a producer um, for the first couple of seasons. And she helped me to get a schedule, what to look for, um, how to manage that. And so with the intern, I manage that as well. And then um, with Redhead Creative Media Group, I have a different calendar. So I try to make sure that my calendars are just not overlap. Um, everything is through a different email address. So that helps a lot where, you know, you have those separate calendars. And then I also make sure that um, when I'm recording, instead of just um, picking just different days, I've now blocked out times to where you have to be available to record the podcast, you know, on these days for it to be available for um, airing, you know, within the designated time frame. So it is, yeah. it is about time management. It's a, it is about making sure you have systems in place, having the right people around to support. But I would say definitely, you know, get yourself grounded in one area before you start expanding out into other areas. Don't try to do everything at one time because you will overwhelm yourself. True, true, true. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, you talk about now, but then you just have to know when to rein it back and you know when to go full force in. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so well, you talk about journalism, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ever think you'll probably revisit that, or are you just really entrenched in the whole entrepreneur thing? I mean, do you want to think about writing a book? Do you want to do something else in journalism, journalism, or maybe venture up into something like PR? I mean, um, political stuff. You know, something different than just what you normally do right now. So um, the podcast is kind of like my step back into that area. Um, some people wouldn't consider that journalism, but in a sense, it is still considered, you know, part of media. Um, I have written an ebook, and we'll probably, you know, do some more. Um, I do still want to be a contributor to a couple of different outlets. So I'm thinking about it, um, not in the sense that I was before, because originally I wanted to be an investigative reporter. I'm past that now. <laughs> I'm too old for that. <laughs> so, okay. uh, uh, it's too old for me to like, and people do it all the time, but no, I don't see myself going into journalism at all. But if I can contribute um, to some magazines uh, or blogs, I think that that would be like where I would be okay with going back into that. And then of course, helping my podcast to continue to grow. Okay, mental note, get her to help with Entrepreneur Life's magazine. Okay, <laughs> That's because that's our next step. That's our next step. So what are some of your daily habits to help you uh, focus on your businesses? What are some of the things you do daily? Um, one thing is when I wake up, one of the first things I always do is check my email. Um, I check my email, check social media to see what's going on. Um, on Sundays, um, I try to plan out content for that week or have an idea of what content that I'll have for that week. Um, I have a pitch list or a target list of people that I would like to work with that I look over and review each week to see who I would outreach to um, as potential clients. Um, depending upon the clients that I'm working with, I also have um, weekly target pitch lists, pitch lists, excuse me, for media that I would want to pitch that week and then um, look to see what reporting needs to be sent out. So usually on Mondays, I don't schedule any type of calls. That for me is like my admin day for the week. Um, I also am big on to-do lists. I had got away from that for a while, but this year has been busy. So I try to make sure that I have a to-do list and I'll start it off at the top of the week and then every day I'll break it down and see what I need to get accomplished that day. 
So for me, that's always been, you know, one of the things that I've done, even with work, is I look to see, you know, what's on the calendar, what needs to be prioritized. And so that's, that in itself has just helped me to just be able to keep my sanity and be able to manage what's going on for work, home, business, whatever. Um, the good thing about right now is my son, he's not like into a lot of different activities. So I don't have that schedule to manage, but I know that eventually it's going to get there. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just managing that calendar and my to-do list is what really helps me on my day-to-day. Okay. Do you do anything um, like for self-care or anything to prepare yourself mentally on a daily basis, anything like that, or even weekly basis? Um, I need to get better being more regular with scheduling those things. Um, it used like Saturday nights have all had been for a while. My night where I would just relax like in a hot bubble bath, you know, wine, music, you know, my Kindle or whatever. That for me is self-care. Um, some people say that getting a manicure and pedicure is not self-care, but it is because it, is. it gives it me is. time <laughs> to get out of the house and, you know, be by myself. So I do that probably every other week. Um, I try to get out a little bit more now. I'm still being cautious because we are still in, you know, COVID pandemic. Um, I try to get out by myself at least once a month um, where it's just me where I can just walk around and clear my thoughts so I might go to the mall or something like that and then of course now that um, people are starting to have more events I try to get in at least once a month just so I can be around you know other people um, whether even if I'm not intending to you know go out to network for business but just being around other people also helps me to de-stress from the things that are going on you know through work at home and business so yeah okay okay well, a big thing about entrepreneurship is team and people you have around you, surrounding you. Um, like, how is your how is your team or the people who have been around you? How has that circle maybe changed? How have you developed it? Like between from the beginning to where you are now, like has it changed? And how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. So right now, um, it's just me. Um, People think I have a team or something like that, but no, it's just me. <laughs> I do every lot. Um, but the people that are in my circle help me a lot. They help me stay focused. Um, I'm in an organization called Women in PR. And as part of one of the lead members, we form like a little family where we can like bounce ideas off of each other or, you know, be a support. So one of the individuals doesn't like to write press releases. So I help her write press releases. Um, one of the other young ladies is great with like automations and tools. So we can go to her for a lot of different things. So sometimes it isn't about someone who can do it for you, but someone who can help you who can point you in the right direction. And so that's kind of what my circle is right now. Um, mm -hmm. I also have people that I've known for years in the industry that I can go to for a couple of different things. And then of course, there are people that I could go to before that you can't quite go to right now. And does it affect me? Um, I would say no, because I can kind of adapt a lot to different situations. So once I realize mm -hmm. that, you know, the person I used to be able to go to, I can't go to anymore. If I don't have someone like that in my circle, then I'll try to figure it out. Um, I'm always one of those people who, if I know the information, I don't have a problem with sharing the information. So that's how I've also met some people along the way, just being, you know, a support for them. Um, I've also met a lot of people uh, as volunteering to help them with their events. So um, of course, before everything shut down and Charlotte would have a lot of events, sometimes 
I would have PR individuals who would be the person over the event coming in from out of town. So I would just reach out and say, hey, I'm in Charlotte. If you need help, you know, just let me know. And I've built a lot of relationships that way. So I know when I go to their area, if I need help, I can reach out to them. Or if I need to bounce an idea off of them, I can reach out to them as well. So a lot of it for me has just been, you know, volunteering to help other people or sharing knowledge and then just, you know, building those relationships from there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, building a team is, is definitely difficult as well. But like you said, if you don't have a team, having a circle is, is mm -hmm. a good resource as well. So what do you consider your non-negotiable for, for your businesses? What, what would you absolutely not do for any of your businesses? Um, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Now, when you say non-negotiable, is it something like, is there a certain client I wouldn't take on or- Right, certain client, okay. certain project, what would you just not not do that even okay. you might see others in the industry do? Yeah, so one of mine has always been like the entertainment industry um, mm -hmm. because it's so broad and because that seems to be the industry where you have to always be available or whether it be for crisis or just because. Um, so the entertainment industry has been one of my things that I say I'm, I'm not going to serve individuals in that area um, simply because I have built my agency or being strong in the digital media um, feel so I can still pitch from home be you know get placements without having to actually be available physically for someone and the entertainment requires a lot of you know being there on hand you know um, on set or you know at events so that's one of the, the industries that I um, just have chosen not to you know really um, seek out clients in that area and if someone refers someone to me if they're in the entertainment industry I will say that I don't you know support um, individuals in that or I don't service individuals in that industry um, a non-negotiable for me also has been um, now that I've developed more of who I am as an individual and as a publicist, one of my non-negotiables now is my retainer. So you have to come and, you know, be ready for that. You know, the old me, maybe five years ago, I'd have been like, oh, I can work with you. Now it's like, nope, you got to have that <laughs> um, because I put a lot into this business. I've, you know, learned a lot. I've put invested into a lot of different tools and resources. So yeah. That that's definitely a non-negotiable for me is the retainer. Um, and there's no hard feelings. You, you know, you just have to be, can you afford it or can you not? And if you can't, you know, I can um, point you to someone who may be able to help you, or I may have a service that you can utilize until, you know, you can get to that point right. where you're able to retain. So I would say those are probably my top two. Um, I don't do social media management. I do help with content. Um, Content planning, I will say, not writing. Um, yeah, pretty much. Mm, that's good. That's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. That's good. And we we're throwing them at you because uh, you know a lot of our listeners, they, some of them are just beginning and they need to know this type of stuff because the whole purpose is for us to help them, you know, avoid some of the pitfalls or know what to look at. So that's right. what we just throwing them at you. Oh, and y'all throwing them good too. <laughs> And we don't like to be scripted too. So <laughs> go ahead, catch the Troy. So yeah, you were talking about um, your son, you know, becoming an entrepreneur early. Um, mm -hmm. How many other family members have you influenced and how easy is it working with family as far as developing a business and stuff like that when they come to you with ideas and different things? Um, 
I wouldn't say that I've influenced my family, but I do have a family member who um, is really coming into her own right now. She is a baker and um, she is great. She's amazing. So I've been helping her on the PR side with different things. She has some um, some branding opportunities or some um, influencer opportunities that are coming up. So I'm looking forward to being able to help her um, get more awareness on who she is and what she does. Um, I have a cousin who is a psychiatrist who is who will be reaching out in regards to some different branding things, but she's getting started on her own and she's doing great. Um, so yeah, I'm always willing to help, you know, my family um, in regards to, you know, who they are, where they want to go, um, some different things. I have a cousin who is a stylist for hair and we're talking about collaborating to do some things. So, you know, it's it's us against the world. We're going to make some things happen. I'm excited okay. for it. My son, um, he's only 10, but he said he wants to be a YouTuber um, and a gamer. So at some point in time, I'll be buying filming equipment or whatever, I guess. Um, but, you know, his negotiable, my negotiable with him is he has to, my non-negotiable with him is he has to get his schoolwork done first. So right. that's been my hurdle is trying to right. get him to understand like, why do I have to do my schoolwork if this is what I want to do? So that's, that's where we're going with that. But yeah, my family has been, you know, super supportive. If they have any questions, they always come to me. And the one thing I do love about my family is that even if I'm just saying I'll do it, you know, whatever, they always ask me, what's my rates? They never expect me to do it just because we're family. Yeah, and, I, and I love that about it. That's dope. awesome. That is awesome. Because <laughs> sometimes... You hear stories about some people's families, man. Yes. <laughs> and and the kids, the kids are awesome. Jade is like that too. She wants to uh, do YouTube and stuff. So I wanted to see how how deep she would get into it before mm -hmm. I invest in that. But she's still sticking with making videos and stuff like that. So I'm like, you soon I gotta buy the equipment. So <laughs> And I told him, I said, I do not mind doing it. I'll do it. You know, I'll start researching now to see how much it's going to cost me. But the one thing you have to get done is we got to stop fighting about the schoolwork. So, gotta get, gotta get some grades. Yeah. right, right. He had a great year this past school year. I'm proud of him. So, we'll see That's how. Great. Awesome. How do you manage feelings of doubt? Whew. That is a good question. Listen, when you said y'all are throwing them and it's not scripted, like, mm. <laughs> you know, for me, honestly, that's an ongoing thing. And I guess the term that people are using now is imposter syndrome. Is that what it is? Um, I, and honestly, I'm actually going through one of those periods right now, or I'm coming out of one of those periods right now. Um, but what I definitely try to do is I try to stay um, abreast of what's going on in the industries that I'm a part of, what's targeted, what am I seeing people do, not to copy it, but just to see how, you know, they continue to keep going. Um, I also spend a lot of quiet time just, you know, outlining different things or ideas as they come. Um, I have notebooks everywhere. I'm not sure if you can see them behind me, but I have notebooks everywhere where I'm constantly outlining different things, what it will take to get it done, um, what the cost will be, who the target audience will be, you know, who's going to benefit from it. So if anything were to say, fall out, the, the ground fall out again, then I do have some things that I can go to. Um, I think one of the things that I've had to had to fuss at myself about is comparing myself to other people, because mm -hmm. 
You see, especially in my industry where you see the people working with the type of clients that you want to work with, they're doing a lot of different things. And then you come to find out sometimes it's just surface. There's not a lot going on in the background or they're not, you know, the person that you thought they were, or they're not doing the things that you thought they were doing. So for me, I had to stop myself from doing that and just say, hey, these are your capabilities. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. You know, this is what you're willing to do. Like you said, those non-negotiables and, you know, just go after those people. The only thing they can say is no. Or they right. can say, I'll think about it. And then you just, if they say, I'll think about it, set a time to follow up with them and then reach back out. If they don't respond, then, you know, on to the next person. So I used to get down about that a lot, but now I just come to realize that it's a part of the industry. It's a part of um, people not really understanding sometimes what they need as part of their team or they need it, but they don't know if they can continue to manage it once they have it and see that success, because that's part of it too. Once you get someone to where they've, you know, increased sometimes, sometimes they feel like they're either intimidated to keep going or now they feel they can't afford you because you've gotten them to a level of success and it's time for that contract negotiation to, you know, continue to go forward. So I've, I've learned to look at a lot of different factors and not compartmentalize it and just, you know, find out what my next step is and to, you know, keep going on from there. That makes sense. That makes sense. And for me, I, I know what you're saying. A lot of people are using imposter syndrome now, but for me, they are different because self-doubt is more so like, can I do this? Imposter syndrome is like, who the hell you think you are? That type <laughs> of situation. Like, who are you really who you say you are? You know what I'm saying? And you feel you feel um, not qualified. You know what I'm saying? So it's still a, it's a level of doubt, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's different. two different things okay. for me. Mm-hmm. So now that you put it that way, I definitely don't think it's imposter syndrome. I think it is more of, that self-doubt because the things that I know I can do, I know I can do it. The things I know I can't do, I don't want to do. I know I can't do it and I don't want to do it. So right, 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 right. See, and and that's the for me, that's the defining line there. It's like doubt is just like, okay, can I really do that? But then imposterism is like, no, you shouldn't be on this level type of right. thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so um curious. How important is the, your spiritual foundation when it comes to maintaining your peace, dealing with the daily rigors of being an entrepreneur? Very, very. Um, and I've gone through some periods of time where I've gotten away from that. And when I get away from it, I realize, hmm, you can't go too far because then, you know, you're worse off now than you were then. So it's very important for me. There are times where I'm just sitting and working and a song pops in my head. And I'll pull it up on YouTube and just keep, you know, hitting repeat. And it gets me out of those, out of those different things. Um, there may be um, a scripture that I've heard, may not know where it is, but I'll look it up and, you know, go and read it and, you know, um, relate it to what I'm going through right now. I journal a lot. And some of those journal entries that I've done have been spiritually based, um, based upon whether it be a writing challenge that I've seen or just different um, things that I've done in the past, like the Proverbs 31 challenge is always something that I do every year, which is, you know, reading a chapter of Proverbs every day, um, usually in January or July, um, where there's 31 days in the month. So that helps me um, to reset oftentimes. So yeah, it's, to me, it's very important. Now, since you do marketing and PR, what is one free piece of advice that you would give to people as far as marketing tactics? Um, 
I would definitely say from a marketing standpoint is that you need to know your industry. So a SWOT analysis is going to be very important. You can't just come up with a marketing campaign and roll with it and not know <laughs> the ins and outs, who you're targeting. Um, so I think that that is going to be very crucial um, to anyone looking to do any type of marketing for their business. That's good. And, and for anybody that doesn't know, that's your strength and weaknesses. Give me with the A. <laughs> um, Lord, we throwing out words and I can't even think of the acronym. <laughs> Strength, I mean, oh, it, um, strength, weaknesses, I, I'll figure it out. I remember what it is, but for right now, for some reason, it's on tip of my tongue, but basically look up SWOT analysis, just right. Google SWOT analysis, and it'll bring up charts and information on how to do that for your business. Um, I, I recently had to do a pitch deck and I had to do one too. So definitely important knowing that. Um, who's your biggest inspiration for being an entrepreneur? Um, don't know that I have one particular person. Um, I will say a lot of times my family will reference the entrepreneurial spirit of my grandfather um, in me. Um, he was a postal worker, but he was also a pastor who started our church. And he also did a lot. Um, he started a lot of initiatives in the community. So I would say that's part of it. Um, but no one in particular really like influenced me or motivated me to start the business or the business journey. It was more so an opportunity that I grew from and realized that, you know, this is something that I can do. This is something I can be successful in. And this is how, you know, I started my agency. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I'll let any last questions on uh, Castor Troy? No, um, no. Oh, the only thing I want to know is, no, I, I do have one. I take that back. I do have one. I do have one. So you mentioned that uh, that you don't really have uh, inspiration or whatever. How do you, as far as like portray yourself in, in, out in public and how does that influence you think the next generation of entrepreneurs, especially with young girls and women that look at you, how do you, how do you think, uh, how would you want your legacy to be remembered, I guess? Um, I definitely want um, people to look at me and see me as a resource that they can come to. And, you know, with the young people I do, I, I will always volunteer if anybody has an organization for young women, young men who are thinking about, you know, going into business or not sure. I'm always open um, to speak. I have a presentation called Branding Yourself Now for the Career You Want Later to talk about, you know, the impacts of social media, you know, the, the, the information that we put out, knowing um, the type of business you want to start, like already knowing that industry, um, just to, you know, give them a little bit of foundation because I think entrepreneurs now are starting to get younger. Um, they are starting to see, you know, the type of things they want to do and they just need someone to help them and make sure that they're doing it the right way. Um, so I definitely want to see myself as a resource. I definitely um, want to put myself out there more to be able to speak to those, um, to those, those young women, young men. Um, and then also, you know, kind of even those who don't necessarily have the entrepreneurial path, but people who come from like different backgrounds, um, because I did, I came up, you know, when I was young, my parents were together, we were 
not rich at all. We were poor. Um, and my life changed when um, my parents got divorced and my grandparents raised me. But I have, you know, some things that I've kind of put in the background, um, but they still made me who I am. So I want to be able to, you know, show people that no matter, you know, what your background is, like, as long as you have that want to do something different, you can. And these are the type of things that you can do to, you know, move forward and just separate yourself from the who you were to who you want to be now or ongoing. Okay. I understand that. Yeah, I like your question. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. You did. You did very eloquently. Yes, awesome. So, uh, definitely, thank you for being on our show. And, um, but before you go, just give us one last good piece of advice for those who are thinking of jumping into entrepreneurship. Um, one piece of advice that I would say. Have a purpose behind doing it and not just the money. I think that people see, think that they will make a lot of money being entrepreneurs and eventually you will and it depends on it, but your purpose is going to definitely um, help. Your purpose and your passion is going to help fuel you because there's going to be times where you don't have the money coming in. There's going to be times where your books are going to be read. There's going to be times where you don't have the bookings that you want to have or the sales you want to have, but your purpose and your passion is going to make you going forward. It's going to help you define who you are. It's going to help you look to see what did I do that I could do differently. It's going to be, it's going to help you be more open-minded to the changes that you need to make in business. Whereas if you're just focused on the money part, then you're always going to be chasing the money. If you're focused on your purpose and your passion, you're always going to be looking at, you know, the different things that you can do to expand and how you're going to impact others. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It helps you learn how to pivot. Yeah. When you use that passion, I understand that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Just give our listeners uh, information on how to find you, where to follow you at. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah, I have thrown some curveballs at me today. Listen, <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation. Um, you can um, reach me, all of my social media, everything is consistent. It's Maddie Clay, B-P-R, so M-A-T-T-I-E-C-L-A-Y. B is in boy, P is in Paul, R is in Robert.com. That is the website and that is all social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, interest but there's not really anything there um and then also um my podcast business over brunch is available on youtube spotify and anchor.fm um, we are on hiatus right now but i'm excited about coming back for season four in august um so if you search business over brunch podcast on youtube spotify or anchor you'll be able to find it and view um view and or listen to previous episodes Awesome. Yes, I started Good. following. I did. I did. Thank so you. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This episode of Entrepreneurship Happens is brought to you by Entrepreneurial Life Apparel. Entrepreneurial Life Apparel brings you trendy and unique clothing and accessories for men, women, and children. Jump online and get your 20% off discount by using e happens as the code once again it's entrepreneur life apparel and the website is shop myelife.com thank you for listening to our show today if there was any part of it that you liked please feel free to drop us a comment and leave us a voice message next week we'll be talking to ray scott 
an entrepreneur that teaches dads how to become entrepreneurs and in essence building stronger communities. So please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media platforms. And if you'd like to be interviewed or advertised, hit us up at info at entrepreneurshithappens.com. Until next time, take care and be blessed. How would you like exclusive Entrepreneurial Life Apparel merchandise and curated minority-owned business items as well as tools to help you on your entrepreneurial journey? Well, that's what's in the Innovate Box. The Innovate Box is a quarterly subscription plan by Entrepreneurial Life Apparel. You can sign up at NOV8.com to see the three subscription options. Once again, that's NOV8.com.